Here's what's coming up on this week's show. So think of your, your, your strategy and where your audience is and your ways of reaching through to them. And I'd make an interesting observation that an awful lot of LinkedIn trainers and consultants advertise on Facebook. The Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. And something really amazing happened between us last night, Claire, didn't it? <laughs> It is. Uh, Claire and I have been doing this podcast now for uh, probably from start to finish. We've been doing this for about six months. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I can't believe it's been six months. And we have never done it in the same room. (laughs) Shall I rephrase Rephrase, that? Rephrase. Uh, (laughs) So during all that time, obviously because of COVID, we've done all this um, remotely, not being in the same room. But last night, for the very first time, Claire and I actually sat in the same room together, met in a pub, had a drink, socially distanced, of course, mm-hmm. you know, no, t- no touching, none of that. Uh, and um, yeah, it was good fun, wasn't it? <laughs> You're a real person. It was, it was really good. Yeah, it was really good fun. It was nice to do. And it's nice to remember that there is a real world out there somewhere mm. because we all get, isn't it funny how over the last well, six months or so, I know you and I have held so many meetings and had so many conversations mm. remotely on Zoom that it, actually when you meet someone face-to-face that you're used to meeting in a virtual setting, suddenly it becomes a bit weird. Do you know what? Exactly. And also, I clocked there was a few people in the distance walking past and I found myself staring at them because I was like, that's another human being. And they're, <laughs> and they're moving. <laughs> And I thought, I've got to stop staring. And then I was thinking, what is she looking at? But I was just taking it all in. I think what it's like, it's almost like it's overstimulating your senses because all of a sudden it's all new again. And that just goes to show how quickly we can become accustomed to different ways of living. Well, I'm glad to hear that I overstimulated your senses, Claire. (laughs) I was staring and not looking at you and looking at everybody else, yes. (laughs) Uh, So this week we're doing the interview together. We've got a fantastic guest on. We want to find out a little bit more about how LinkedIn works because I don't know about you, but I know my way around Facebook. I know my way around uh, Instagram. Um, But LinkedIn kind of evades me a little bit. I think it's often a misunderstanding as to how to use these platforms and what the difference is between Facebook and maybe LinkedIn. And I think maybe it's just lack of knowledge, really. Yeah, it's easy to think that Facebook and LinkedIn are fairly similar and they are in lots of ways, but they're also different in lots of ways. So nice to find out from an expert. So that's what we're doing, isn't it? Okay, so we're talking to Mark Stonham, who supports senior professionals to be even more successful on the LinkedIn platform, encouraging people to start more conversations to gain more clients. So let's find out how LinkedIn works. This is the Big Little Business Show. Briefly, my background is business-to-business solution selling. After a Christmas marketing degree, I joined IBM on the milk round, went through their um, sort of 10-year commercial apprenticeship through systems engineer and then sales, uh, and then selling f- in under various guises into financial services companies, I got into LinkedIn about 10 years ago, principally um, when I went solo and uh, used that as a specialization because it's a hosted platform. It involved the marketing and sales side of my experience and talking with uh, senior people um, as well as people 
changing careers as well as people entering the job market and so on. So it's a, it's a good range of people that I've been able had a privilege to deal with over the last 10 years or so. So what changes um, have you seen, uh, Mark, in the last 10 years with LinkedIn, um, maybe in particular, especially the last six months or so? 10 years ago, I think I was one of the first million people on, uh, on LinkedIn, and we're now something over 700 million people on the, on the platform now. Um, I think the world in general has, has moved on in terms of its viewing of social media, particularly with, with, with Facebook. And the recent changes, I think LinkedIn is becoming much more of an engagement platform rather than a professional publishing platform. So going back a few years, you, when you knew your subject area, you put together a knowledgeable article. You had a profile that outlined your, your knowledge, as it were. And I think particularly over the last six months, what's coming through now is much more the personality side of people. So it's becoming, dare I say, it, a, a lot more like Facebook in terms of the content. Uh, I commented last week that in my feed there were three pictures of dogs, two pictures of um, food in one shape or form, and, and a picture of somebody, a group going on a walk. Now, that wouldn't have happened five years ago, I don't believe. Okay, there was a little bit of a business message around each of those, but we are getting that sort of, call it eye candy type of image, the sort of personal experience being shared through posts, uh, as opposed to purely the sort of professional knowledge. So I think it's really important that we talk about LinkedIn today and find out how we can get the best value from it. Uh, we've already established that it, it is becoming a little bit more and more like Facebook, uh, but still focused on uh, a business perspective. So rather than concentrating on the uh, similarities between Facebook and LinkedIn, what else is different about LinkedIn? What makes LinkedIn uh, work better or work in a different way than Facebook does? I think from a, a, a business perspective, um, I, I put its main benefits down as being uh, reach, speed and reputation. So the ability to reach globally into a particular marketplace. So we have the ability to, to think globally about our business opportunities for our skills, for our business, where our customers are. And okay, that's a slight difference to Facebook and Google, which I think are much more locally focused in their, in, in their reach, particularly on the advertising side. The speed, going back you know, 30, 35 years, the speed of sales was in relative terms quite slow compared to today. Um, the ability now to find somebody, to make contact with them via in, uh, LinkedIn, and if they're willing to participate, you can have a, a dialogue going within an hour or two, which would have taken days or weeks in, in, in the old terms, old times. Um, so that's a, an advantage. Um, and the third area is reputation. A lot can be established about our own reputation to, to move through that know, like, and trust very quickly to give ourselves an advantage to start a conversation, perhaps several stages through the process with, with, with somebody that we've, we've made contact with so that they can check us out and see what's our background, what's our style, what's the way that we conduct ourselves by our profile on LinkedIn, by the content we're sharing, by who we're connected. So the social proof side from LinkedIn, I think, is phenomenal if we actively develop that. What are the benefits of having um, 
a business page on LinkedIn and a personal page. Would you recommend having one or the other and maybe posting different content on each one? Very good question. I think um, if you're running your own business as a coach, a consultant, uh, running a small business, uh, whatever, then it becomes useful to have both because people could find you through the business pages. They could um, get a different view. So one of the factors there, if I'm going out to see a client, I will typically look at what their personal page has, has got published on it and also look at what the company page has got published on it because there may be some company-related news that's been put up by the marketing team that it's useful to know and then that becomes a conversation point for that, uh, for that meeting or that phone call. From my own point of view, I have, yes, a, a, an active personal page. I also have two pages, uh, one for Whirlwind and one for LinkedIn. And what I will put out on those is a narrow focus on tips and techniques in those areas and more of a sales message or an invitation to get into the sales process than I would dare to put up on my personal profile. Let's talk about posting uh, a little bit. And I know Claire's got a question about scheduling as well. Uh, but I wanted to know about um, how um, how the frequency works. What do you suggest that people should do with regard to how often they post and how frequently the post that they post uh, in order to get engagement? Or would you say it's different depending on what your audience is? I, I think it's one of those... Um, Areas that's changing very rapidly, Paul, I think um, there are strategies geared around sharing good engaging content on a, uh, a periodic basis, becoming consistent and ideally getting that consistency from you know, weekly to two or three times a week to daily. Um, and a number of the people who've become very um, uh, very much the influencers. Uh, Dan Disney, for example, is one of those. Uh, he was a very experienced salesperson working for a company, and he's now grown to uh, several hundred thousand, if not million followers, as on, on LinkedIn by posting very personal things on a daily basis. So he, he's invested a lot in creating those posts because it suited his business objective. And I think that's where everything needs to be grounded is what is your business objective? In Dan's case, it is he wants to be a global influencer and speak on the stage and get people to buy his books and things like that. And therefore, having a very large number of followers is part of that strategy. I mean, that's a huge commitment. Um, and I guess, you know, it's, it's the consistency that the algorithms will pick up. Um, and then how many people you're going to reach. So can you schedule these posts automatically to be released every day on LinkedIn? Yes, you can. There's there's a couple of tools that I know of that uh, you can use there. Buffer is one, Hootsuite is another. So you can create those and, uh, and pre-schedule them. You can't schedule natively within the platform then? No, there's no automatic ability within LinkedIn to do that. You're, you're injecting it from outside. Okay, I wonder if that's going to be something that they'll bring in because obviously Facebook have this thing called Creator Studio which allows you to schedule posts uh, and obviously get uh, a lot of uh, insights and analytics based on those posts. Um, so I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about analytics, Mark. Um, how does that work? Um, is it 
do you get a lot of good data from that or is it a bit sketchy? Which bits should we be paying more attention to with regard to um, reviewing the data on how our posts are performing? Uh, There are statistics on how the posts are performing. Um, I think for a lot of individuals and smaller businesses, the, um, the value of those analytics is, I would say, marginal. Various people talk about, well, is it best to post, you know, what day of the week, what time of the day and so on. Uh, very much depends on your audience. So there's an aspect of that. One of the analogies I've got is start, if you want to move this up two or three gears, think of yourselves as somebody who's running a radio show. You know, what sort of a DJ are you on Radio 2 or Radio 1 or whatever? Who is your audience? What is the content that's appropriate? And then within a schedule, what's your what's the time that you're going to broadcast? Are you going to be broadcasting on the, the, the breakfast drive time to work? In which case, that's a particular style. Are you going to go for lunchtime, um, late evening? What style of, of show do you want to create and curate and so on? What's the content that goes into it? What's the personality you want to put onto that? And then having created that to commit to it, you need to do that on, on a regular basis. So much like your, your podcast, you've, you've set up a tone for the podcast, what the agenda is, who you're going to invite to talk on it, and you're doing that on a, on a, on a regular basis. Uh, I see sometimes on my own LinkedIn that I have pre- Explore Premium membership so um i don't really understand what premium membership is is it worth doing do you think um yeah i wondered if you could just explain a little bit more about about that please sure i mean linkedin is a commercial organization it is looking to uh, monetize the platform it does that through a number of ways premium subscriptions is one area so for um general users they they're offering uh premium for job seekers uh, and also for uh business users yes that may be applicable in certain circumstances but i would say that that's where you've got good strategy good knowledge good understanding your profile is good your page is good you're posting regularly you're engaging actively and then you can put it on steroids by putting up, uh, getting a premium usage. However, paying LinkedIn you know, a reasonable significant amount isn't a substitute for having a strategy and putting the, the, the effort in. Yeah, I can totally see that. So you, actually, to, for most people, it might not even be worth having that premium account, would you say? I would agree. I think most individuals and um, small businesses wouldn't really find the premium account to be worthwhile. I would say rather cheekily, um, one of the ways to use premium is to try it for 30 days on a trial and use the search and connect to people and then um, use that as the uh, the basis for your next year's worth of uh, contacting people. Oh, oh, Mark, that is cheeky, but I can see what you're saying there. <laughs> that, that would work. I can, yeah, I didn't, didn't realise that. So the, and I guess the other way that LinkedIn can uh, can monetize and, and, and make some money off the platform is with advertising. Now, I know with Facebook, Facebook advertising works really well in the way that you can really uh, target a very specific audience. How does that compare with um, the kind of paid advertising uh, services that LinkedIn offer? Is it a similar thing or d- does it work even? Um, 
from what I know of, of LinkedIn advertising and my, my client set really isn't in, in, in that area at this stage, but uh, from the experience I have had with LinkedIn advertising, I position it as being very good for those companies who are selling to at least a regional, if not national or international audience. It is nowhere near as geographically granular as a Facebook or a Google. Or geographically granular. I'm writing that down. That's a great phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make a note of that. <laughs> um, and also it's for the very high ticket. Uh, the, adver the advertising is expensive on LinkedIn. And when I use that, it was five to 10 times the cost per click as it was on Facebook or Google. And therefore you need to have a budget to be able to spend potentially thousands of, of, of pounds or dollars uh, a month to learn and refine your advertising on LinkedIn and have good copy and graphics and landing pages and conversion funnels and all of those things in place that uh, I think are a significant investment for companies where there's a good match. Yeah, that's interesting. So do you think that perhaps um, if you maybe um, you have an audience in several platforms, maybe putting some money into another platform might be a better opportunity for you if you're running a small business? Is that what you're saying? Yes, I, I, I would suggest so. So, so think of your, your, your strategy and where your audience is and your ways of reaching through to them. And I'd make an interesting observation that an awful lot of LinkedIn trainers and consultants advertise on Facebook. Oh, yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, that says a lot, doesn't it? So it is a down to how to use the platform. And just, just coming back to a question from Claire earlier about content strategy, how often do you post? I think uh, making sure that the content you post gets engagement is very key. So the danger of automation is that people know it's automated and every, every day the joke comes out and every day something else comes out. They know the author isn't putting any time into it, so why should they bother to put time into it either? So they don't comment on it, they don't share it, they don't, and, it and it just becomes noise. Um, there are some people who are, on my statistics I have found who are posting 600 times a week wow they have something on robot which is just saying okay you've, you've plugged in these keywords and therefore the robot is finding articles that match those keywords and posting with the title of the article becomes the content in linkedin and, and off it goes oh we need to put a pin in that mark because i want to talk about um automation in a little while because that really bugs me on linkedin claire you wanted to ask something about algorithms didn't you uh yes i did um so when we talk about uh what it shows you you know how it will pick up certain things maybe that you like to look at or your interests um I know on Facebook that has an algorithm to do that. So I just wondered how that works on, on LinkedIn. What I've learned and assessed around that is that as a home feed or news feed, it is, it is detecting what you're interested in and also what is being pushed out by people and what other people like you in your circle are finding interesting or commenting on. We might think in an ideal world, that when we write something, it gets distributed to 100% of our connections. Unfortunately, that's not the case. LinkedIn is putting out to a very small subset of that and seeing how they respond to it. If they respond to it within the first hour, it'll put it out to a few more people. This is very similar to Facebook, Mark. Very sounds like it's almost exactly the same way that Facebook works. Yes. 
So it is it is building those things up, and that's particularly where, as a content publisher who when we're writing posts, we need to train and get good engagement. So one of the the wrinkles might be to do a sort of Gary Vaynerchuk jab 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 hook sort of approach to things. You put out two or three posts which are, I would say, relatively trivial but get high engagement. Almost the cat videos, and then when you've got the engagement, then you put out the the, the sales message and the invitation to a webinar or invitation to visit your website. You're trying to game the system a little bit. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I mean, I know that Facebook uh, absolutely loves. Uh, engagement uh, and loves posts that get liked, shared and commented on. And I'm guessing now LinkedIn is working in a similar way? Uh, absolutely. The LinkedIn model is definitely around it needs engagement with content because engagement with content means that the young people who are interested in jobs are there and they can be put in front of the, of, of the recruiters. And the decision makers with budgets are there because the advertisers and the advertisers have their messages put in front of them. So without engagement, the LinkedIn model then starts to, to, to crumble, might be too extreme, but it's not as powerful as it, as it could be. Hmm. Um, with, with what I do, um, networking, I very much focus on myself, I guess, as the brand behind the business. And I do encourage a lot of my clients to also do that. So, you know, I'm a great believer that people buy people. Um, and the difference, how I use the LinkedIn to the Facebook, the Facebook tends to be a little bit more personal uh, about myself. And then the LinkedIn is the shorter posts uh, with maybe some business photos and things like that. I just wondered what your views were with the use of photos or videos. Does this change the reach? Does LinkedIn, like Facebook, prefer photos, videos, lives? Do you think that makes a difference? I think it, it will do, yes. Um, and particularly if that is getting engagement. So they're probably, when those new facilities are introduced, they're giving wider distribution to a video or a photograph than a text-only post. So they're giving a starter for 10. Beyond that, if the audience is engaging with that, they're saying, well, that, this, this person, Claire, this person, Paul, is putting out interesting photos and videos that will sort of reinforce uh, giving more visibility for those. So it doesn't have it doesn't have a preference either way. I know, like, for instance, with uh, Instagram at the moment, they've just introduced Reels as their new service, which is kind of, you know, their answer to TikTok. So they're pushing that. So the more people that, that if you if you post a Reel, uh, then you're more likely to get better engagement just because that's the thing that Instagram is pushing at the moment. So does LinkedIn work in a similar way? So are they, are they pushing one type of content over the other or does it really just depend on which gets the best engagement i've not seen anything of, around pushing or promoting video or photographs but since you mentioned it one area that i have seen that's being encouraged uh recently currently is uh, pages so as the administrator on a page i can invite a hundred of my followers every day to follow my page so they're trying to help me as a page administrator to boost the number of people who are following the page so that indicates to me that they're uh, they're, they're trying to build up people's usage of the pages oh uh, yeah that's interesting that's something i've noticed yes yeah, so, so you think perhaps their emphasis is on pages at the moment that's certainly one area of emphasis yes i was going to ask about the uh, when you say pages sorry do you mean like uh, the equivalent to facebook has private groups 
it's the it's the company page so it's the official page for your organization um gr groups is another area which um facebook is very good at and linkedin regrettably is very poor at. yeah i was going to ask you about groups because it's something i've just started to dip my toe into but almost feel like it's i almost forget it's there groups years ago were good places where they could be uh, around a particular topic and there was good discussion and the administrators had tools to manage that group and uh, make it worthwhile then putting the time in to moderate and so on it, it's very hard to keep the spammers out of groups now and moderate the content that goes into them. LinkedIn, a year or two ago, has tried to resurrect groups, but that's limped along regrettably. So we're I think the jury is still out and, and people, well, I, I feel very reluctant to put time into groups because I think it's... Uh, there are other areas of, of, of spending time to get better returns. That's really refreshing to hear an honest answer there, Mark. That's really good, really good to know. Um, hashtags. Now, I don't really, really get this hashtag, <laughs> hashtag things. All I know is that at the end of it, all of my posts, it automatically comes up with the same hashtags, which are relevant to what it is that I do, whether it be networking business. I mean, how significant are, are these hashtags to make a difference to your posts? I think hashtags are, are useful. However, it depends whether the audience of LinkedIn is taking the trouble to look at hashtags as a way of finding content that's useful to can them. Can you search for hashtags, uh, Mark, in LinkedIn in the same Absolutely. way? So you can't oh, right. a hashtag up in the uh, in the search bar, and you can follow hashtags. And you can have on the left hand side of your homepage, there's a sort of community area where LinkedIn is presenting those as. Um, You've recently looked at these hashtags, so I'll, I'll present them and make it easier for you to access them again. Oh, that's really interesting because that's something that Facebook don't do. They don't really play a lot of attention to hashtags. It's more of an Instagram thing, I think. But um, that's really interesting that actually LinkedIn pay a lot of attention to hashtags and you can actually follow tags. They, they do. But the question then is, is, is the audience that you're after aware of and following and picking up on those hashtags? And also, is that hashtag relatively clean or has somebody jumped on it and is spamming it because if you're just one in a hundred uh, posts on a hashtag and 99 come from other spammers um, then nobody's going to pay much attention to it so I think there is a danger there. Do you use voice notes on LinkedIn? Interestingly yes I do sometimes. Yes a fellow voice noter. <laughs> and we can also do short video as well on the mobile phone we can do not only a, an audio, but we can also do a video clip That's as well. So we can introduce those into our, um, our dialogue with people. That's really interesting. Actually, I might try a video with that because I use the voice notes as well, Mark, and I'm sick of the sound of my voice by the end of the day. But I have a lot of feedback with people saying that they feel it's more of a personal approach. Yeah, we're all sick of your voice, Claire. I know everyone is. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all over Facebook and LinkedIn, but it's just so much quicker. And I just find that, well, I don't know, it's just quicker, it's more convenient. Um, and when I stopped them, everyone was worried about where I'd gone. It, it, <laughs> it, is, it is really good to have that uh, option. Um, analyst in me is a little bit sceptical. Do, do, would I want a stream of audio and video messages in my inbox? 
or would I want the occasional one, perhaps possibly the first message from somebody, you know, thank you very much for connecting, really good to get to know you, this is my face, this is my video, and then revert to text thereafter, because I find text an awful lot quicker to... Uh, to, to scan through, to read and so on. Yeah, I can see the value in both, actually. I can see a benefit in both. I think the voice notes are great and they're lovely because they um, allow you to understand a little bit more about the person's personality. Just hearing someone's voice, especially if they're connecting with you for the first time, uh, is uh, yeah, a really powerful thing. But at the same time, yeah, I totally get with you. Uh, what you're saying about the uh, text notes can be a little bit more convenient and yeah, a bit easier to digest. I have one other question that's just come onto my head before we finish that uh, I was going to talk about earlier on and that links in rather nicely uh, with what we were talking about with messaging and that's automated messaging and uh, LinkedIn does this a lot and it bugs the hell out of me how you get those automated sales messages as soon as you connect with a new person uh, and this is something I only see you doing on LinkedIn I don't think Facebook does this as much um, what are your thoughts on those? Um, I think uh, it is really obvious when you get an automated response. And given that LinkedIn should be a relationship building platform, it switches people off very quickly to say, well, if you can't be bothered to have a relationship with me, I'm certainly not going to put the time into a relationship with you and disconnect with you and potentially report you and potentially get you blacklisted. Mm, yeah. Using these tools, LinkedIn does not, approve of them and it's against the terms and conditions and your account could easily get banned oh that's really interesting stuff so 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 linkedin doesn't really like you doing this at all definitely not definitely not and you can understand why yeah because it does not want robots and automation on its platform because you can't recruit an automated bot as in the recruiter side, you can't sell to through advertising. They do not want their audience um, diminished by robots and robot-driven accounts. So we always finish off, uh, Mark, with a set of questions, totally unrelated to anything we talk about uh, in the rest of the interview, but purely just for fun so we can get into your head a little bit more. And they're all inspired by a US TV show called Inside the Actors Studio. So we've got a few questions to fire at you here, Mark, if you're ready. First one, what's uh, your favourite smell? Could be things like new mown grass or um, old, old leather because that's sort of it's reminiscent of, of childhood and travelling in grand, mm-hmm. grandfather's car. Oh, that's a great little story. I love that. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I can, I can, now I can smell that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about your favourite biscuits? Do you have a favourite biscuit, Mark? Um, I'm rather partial to those sort of chocolate bourbon biscuits. Do you have a specific way to eat them, or do you just... You mean, am I, am I a donker? <laughs> yeah, you've got to have a method, Mark. No, actually, I like them crisp and dry. <laughs> I eat the top. I eat the top part, and then the middle of it, and then the rest of it. I thought that's how everyone ate bourbon biscuits. No, not, no I don't, don't de-layer them, I'm afraid. <laughs> just pop them in. <laughs> Straight in. One final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I have to say, as a... As a, as a Christian, I'd be very um, flattered by whatever God was to say to me. Um, but I think uh, something like, 
well done, Mark. I'm really proud of you. Oh, yeah, you couldn't ask for better than that, could you? So um, how do people uh, contact you? What's the best way, Mark, if people would like to reach out and ask you a question? Look, find, find me on LinkedIn, markstonham.com. You can also contact me probably by email is the, the next one, which is mark at whirlwind.co.uk. This is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. Yeah, I really enjoyed listening to Mark and I'm actually looking forward to going back onto LinkedIn and seeing it in a completely different way and being very mindful about the content that I'm putting out to attract the right people. Yeah, it's it's an interesting platform, LinkedIn, because it is, as we've established, very different in some ways to Facebook, but obviously takes its lead from Facebook and there's lots of things. When Facebook introduces something... It seems to be that LinkedIn kind of introduces it a few months later, but at the same time, it would be easy. It it would be kind of be kind of easy to treat it as Facebook Part Two, but there obviously are some differences and some things that you should be doing on LinkedIn that you not shouldn't do on Facebook, and vice versa. Yeah, and it was uh, interesting to hear how LinkedIn has changed over the years to become maybe a little bit more similar to Facebook, but I still do feel that they're too platforms that stand within their own rights. Well, yeah, I mean, look, well, Facebook does a lot of things right. I'm sure it makes a lot of mistakes, but it does a lot of things right. And um, it only makes perfect sense for um, for Microsoft to own LinkedIn to sort of take Facebook's lead and use some of the stuff that they've obviously established and know works well. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm sure they're both learning from each other, to be honest. So, yeah, a platform not to be ignored, especially if you want to be contacting uh, and keeping in touch with other business leaders and I mean hey this is this is uh, we use LinkedIn a lot to um, uh, find guests for the show so if we've got a subject in our head uh, we'll do a bit of searching on LinkedIn and uh, often find a few people on there that fit the bill that's how we found um, Mark Mark yeah and of course with every episode we have a page on our website which explains everything that we cover in the episode and a load of links too. So if you want to find out more about how LinkedIn works or connect with Mark, find out more about him, then all the links are on our website, which is biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk. So every week we like to give a big up to a business who has been communicating with us on social media. So who are we going to be bigging up this week, Paul? Now, I love this little story. Uh, This is a company called Simply Organised Essex, and they've only been running since June, Claire. Mm. And they emailed us. Shall I read you the email? Yes. Uh, Hello, Paul and Claire. Hello, BB and Kate. Kate and I had suddenly lost our jobs during lockdown. We went for a dog walk when we were allowed to meet one friend, both feeling a bit glum. And at the time, we joked about getting more jobs completed at home. This gave us an idea that we both had good skills in different areas, complemented each other, but had a common interest in tidying, organising and styling. So we believed we could do something with our skills. So... We studied for our decluttering, organising and business diplomas in July. I didn't even know that was a thing, Claire. I didn't. They started to set up a business at the end of July, helping people organise themselves. I'm so pleased for them that they found something they could do after losing their jobs. That's brilliant. What a wonderful story. Uh, So, yeah, all power to them. And they're they're coming up with a load of different ideas. They're going to do some food hacks on their social pages uh, and some organising tips. So it sounds like they're really buzzing with ideas. It's really exciting. Oh, good on them. So if you want to go and find them, uh, I know they're on Instagram and on Facebook too. Uh, They are Simply Organised Essex. 
And that pretty much does it for this week. We're all done and dusted here. Uh, don't forget our links. We're on Instagram and we're on Facebook. You can search for Big Little Business Show. And we're on LinkedIn too. Search for us there and come and say hi. And whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you get all the future episodes in your inbox and go and check out some of our uh, previous episodes too. And most importantly, leave us a review. That's really important because that helps big us up in podcast land. So that's it. Us done. Till next weekend. No. And that. So that's it. We're done. Until next week. <laughs> so that's it. We are done. Until next week. Say goodbye, Claire. Bye bye, Claire. Blah, 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 The beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. The Big Little Business Show is a PM2 Media and Excel Networking production.